Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hi, welcome to our podcast series, The Transformational Impact of Data on Your Business. And today with the episode, How Are Enterprises Using NoSQL to Improve Their Data Performance? And today I have the great pleasure to have two guests in our podcast, Mr. Jay Singh. Jay, you are the Principal Solution Architect at BT, and Dr. Mohamed Haji, he's from Couchbase, and he's the manager for the Northern Solution Engineering Team. Jay, maybe you can introduce yourself. Hi, I am Brithunjay Singh, in short called as Jay. I have 17 years of experience in the IT industry, currently working as a Principal Solution Architect at BT TV and Broadband, primarily working in the media, entertainment, and telecom sector. Great. And Mo Metal, shall we call you Mo in, in the podcast today? Absolutely. Maybe you can shortly introduce yourself as well. Yeah, so I've got an extensive background in distributed systems, helped a lot of tier one customers, both in the financial sector and retail and aviation. My background is in designing best practices and published a number of international IEEE papers and books around these topics. So we have ton of experience today in, in NoSQL, and I think we will have a great conversation. And I will be your host today. I am the CEO and founder of The Intelligent World, which is a data analytics consultancy and research network firm. But I'm also course advisor for a leading professional certification company called Simply Learn. And I'm also the author of multiple coaching series for business leaders and C-level executives, how to succeed in the intelligent economy. But let's get started, what we're here for, and dive into the topic right away. If we look like the customer experience and the customer experience is becoming more and more important and drives really the needs for next generation systems. That's what we see all over in the industry. And we see more different data structures being stored, more scalability is required, more mobile first strategies are deployed widely. And this requires also a change in your architecture. So, Jay, maybe you can explain your experience. How has NoSQL helped you to transform your architectural needs to really developing the next generation system? And also, maybe you can explain what are some key characteristics that helps you to move from this traditional relational database to this NoSQL database. The problem statement we encountered with, and as you rightly said, you have different channels by which you users are interacting with our systems. So as part of BTTV, we were presented with the challenge of being able to provide users with an ability to browse content on different platforms. And we had a platform existing, but we wanted to move to a new platform. And the intention was we wanted something which is a lightweight client and not a heavy client. So the client shouldn't have any caching. Everything is done in the backend. And the advantage of that is we don't have to go and change those clients when we change any of our business logic or logic associated with data processing. Everything happens at one point and all other clients, all different platform clients benefit from it. And because we have to do everything in the backend, considering a whole of our 2 million user base of BTTV, to be precise, 1.6 million user base of BTTV will be browsing our word catalog, then we had to look for that skill. And what that meant was, it was the data which we were looking at was, I would say, not a structured data. So it was semi-structured data. We needed something which helps in our scale out because we wanted to look at how can we horizontally scale out. 
and then it has to be high performance because you're looking at browsing a catalog so we want it to be on similar lines of the performance equivalent to netflix so when you go to netflix and see a browsing experience we wanted to emulate a similar experience on our BTTV ui that drove us towards looking at NoSQL because it stores semi-structured and unstructured data it has horizontal scalability because you can scale out and you can run and NoSQL sweet spot is key value and you can extend it further so that is how we went towards using a NoSQL technology rather than a traditional rdbms because if i look at a traditional rdbms traditional rdbms are designed for a specific purpose where you have acid which is the atomicity consistency durable atomicity inconsistency and durability bit for us that was not important and hence we went with a NoSQL solution which powered our backend catalog system which supported the users in being able to browse our BTTV catalog Okay. In this case, I think it's a great case, but it's not on its own if we look to the market or database management system and also to database cloud management systems, it's growing quite rapidly. And if you look to some respected research firms like Gartner, they mentioned that the part that the cloud management system, the database management system take already for 10 billion this year of the market of the 46 billion market. And another research firm like Forrester, they stated in a report how important NoSQL is. And they say NoSQL has become critical for all the businesses to support their modern business applications. And also that enterprises like NoSQL because of the ability to scale out and using this local service and flexibilities and the schema list model, which you explained already as well, and where they can store and process and access any type of data. So I think that supports your story as well, uh, Jay. If you look, Jay, how can enterprises integrate NoSQL into their enterprise data architecture strategy to support their cloud native applications? And what do you see as the main value driver for this? For us, by choosing NoSQL as our uh, data backend, what that meant is when subsequently we had applications which required scale out into cloud, we just spun up an instance of NoSQL in the cloud and we were able to replicate the data into the cloud environment. Now, going on the enterprise data architecture strategy, after BTTV embraced the NoSQL technology, we went to our enterprise data architects and it was both ways where they came to us as well to understand how was our experience using that NoSQL technology. And that drove within BT's enterprise data architecture team a need to devise a strategy for the overall data architecture where RDBMS had a role, NoSQL had a role. And there were different types of NoSQL databases, flavors of them. There were key value stores, there were graph databases, and you could also have column family oriented databases. And we had to position in the data architecture strategy, where do we see NoSQL fitting? Where do we see within the NoSQL family a graph fitting, within the NoSQL family a column-oriented databases fitting? But coming specifically on the NoSQL side, the value driver for us is primarily driven by agility. So how can we deliver things quickly? We are looking more and more at going into an agile scrum team. So the teams have control of their ownership of the data. 
which actually is supported by having a NoSQL database with the partitioning strategy you had around data within the NoSQL databases. And then they're scale out into the cloud environment. Whichever cloud provider you look at, they have a NoSQL database supporting it. Mo, what's your view? Because you work with many more different type of clients, different industries at Couchbase. Yeah. What's your view? Is this similar or can you add what you see? Yeah, so what we see in the market, there's been a lot of shift from relational databases to NoSQL, but also there is a hunger and need to be able to actually deploy these infrastructures on the cloud. In a sense, not have it in-house, but be able to actually operate and scale out on demand. So instead of waiting for months for the hardware to come, you're able to spin up these systems. Now, the beauty with, especially for NoSQL, we have this capability where you're able to actually burst into the cloud. So you can have on-prem and then go onto the cloud through our offering called Cross Data Center Application, which something has benefited a lot of enterprise customers such as BT, And what also we offer is we're launching our uh, cloud offering as well. So Couchbase is fully aware that the market is moving into this. We're also providing this service where you can have it on-prem, where we manage your infrastructure completely, or you can actually position on these vendors such as Amazon, AWS, etc. And what we're seeing also is that customers are able to actually use the cloud with a NoSQL technology. So they don't have to be locked into a particular vendor. Through the cross data center application, you're able to actually have multiple cloud different vendors and be able to operate independently, but ensuring that you have your data replicated across multiple data centers, which is a key thing for enterprise applications where they need highly available and also the DR capabilities. So we're seeing there is a, a great adoption in cloud but also NoSQL, for example, Couchbase, is fully aligned with that. And customers do like the ability to be able to spin on the cloud, but use capabilities such as multi-cluster awareness, the XTCR, the nickel capabilities within Couchbase. Yeah, no. And I would like to add that my view is you have to have data closer to the customer and, and you get data closer to the edge. And getting that data closer to the edge, which means you are creating a sort of a architecture where you have either a central and then you're sort of cached more like a CDN, mm -hmm. but through a database. And that is what some of the NoSQL technologies offer, which is very difficult with an RDBMS technology. And just to add, the key thing here is, as uh, Jay's pointed out, relational databases were designed as to be one large monolithical system. The key here and the success for any technology is to be able to actually shard and distribute their data which is something that we're offering in the sense you're able to actually burst out, have lots of nodes during the peaks, and then reduce that hardware consumption when you don't use it. What we see in, in the market, I think, is that NoSQL starts creating this key role in your stack. And I read a report from Morgan Stanley equity analyst. His name is Sanjit Singh. I assume Jay is no family because there, there are many, many things in the world. But he mentioned that there's a key inflection point that has to be reached right now. And we see in this technologies as, as key beneficiaries, giving this critical role that it plays in the development of the velocity, in the development of the enhancing the developer productivity, but also in automating the IT operations. So Jay, can you describe the key role of NoSQL in these new technologies 
and also how it drives the enterprise transformation initiatives like you had at BT. For me, as part of the enterprise transformation initiatives, we wanted the organization to be created in a way where we create mini organizations and those mini organizations have the ownership of the data. Now, the choice is then with those respective teams to make the choice of the database and NoSQL fitted into that, considering our needs towards what I answered initially, which is flexible schema and scale out. And then what NoSQL does is it also works well with some of the other technologies, which are like PubSub technologies like Kafka. So you have integration between Kafka and the NoSQL. NoSQL, you can do a change data capture, drop events into Kafka or get data from Kafka, use Kafka Connect and move data into NoSQL. Mm And for us, this model, when we initially started, it was just NoSQL. We then embraced Kafka. And the combination of the NoSQL and Kafka, we have been able to create interesting use cases and products around them where we utilize it. And what that means is you are now going more into an event-driven architecture where you see something happening in a NoSQL. You want to do some processing out of it or write some application logic. So for us, it has driven our automation and scalability. So obviously scalability it has because it's naturally built into it. So it scales horizontally and we are compromising something on the relational world to achieve that scalability and the performance. Mm-hmm. And, and that has to be a careful consideration in any choice of the NoSQL technology between a SQL or a NoSQL or between a relational and a NoSQL technology. And on the automation side, because one of the interesting things which we just discussed before was around having cross data center replication, but that we can also use to replicate data into our test environment. So the needs of being able to generate data at scale or data generation tools, you can actually have sort of a compromise where you can get production data munge it and get it into your test environments, which then makes your test automation efficient as well because it is now working on pretty much a production quality data but without compromising the security bits as well. You were talking about this data performance. What we see now is the amount of data points is really exploding and especially in the IoT domain, what we were referring to in in the beginning already, but also in in retail with both this physical and, and the virtual touch points. And this also requires security at all the data points. So if we look at this, Jay, how are enterprise using NoSQL to improve the data performance across the whole organization, such as managing the real-time data, managing the IoT, the edge data, and especially in industries like yours, like telecom and retail? For us, I'll go with some specific use cases where we have used. So we had a problem where we were collecting data from our IoT devices, which is our home hubs, set-top box platforms, and our mobile devices. And we gather that data. That data is then used to also proactively identify if users had problems. And when someone is calling help desk, they immediately have visibility to that data. So one of the use cases where we use NoSQL platform is we use NoSQL as the front end to our Hadoop platform. So we call it as a fast access layer over Hadoop. Mm-hmm. So previously, our agents were directly going on to a Hadoop platform and executing a query. And what that meant was the agent were actually on the call for a long period of time, the amount of time the query took to execute. We basically dropped it down drastically by introducing a NoSQL layer on the top of the Hadoop platform. But that is how we built it because we already were running a Hadoop platform and we were trying to solve an immediate problem of getting data accessible to our agents quickly. 
if I had like Greenfield, I could choose a way where I can see industry trends or other organizations. They are actually collecting data directly from those IoT devices, pushing it out into a Kafka queue, and then from Kafka, using Kafka Connect to put the data back into the NoSQL database. It's sort of an IoT where we have routers, and routers have got sensors, and there are multiple sensors, thousands of sensors on each router, which provide us with telemetry data. And we are gathering that data in a new use case, putting it into Kafka, and then push it down into Couchbase. There are also some implementations where data is directly written into a NoSQL database, and some NoSQL technologies have got a mobile client as well. So you can have a NoSQL client residing on the device itself, which can gather the data and then allow you to synchronize the data back to the backend. For us, it was fast access. And how do we gather data from our network devices and from our devices within the home and make sense out of them? And obviously, NoSQL also allows you to build analytics. Then, so you don't need to take data out and build a ETL pipeline to take data out from your NoSQL, move it back into another platform. You can do real-time analytics on the NoSQL platform as well, because of the. You can build that scale where your operational database is not impacted by your analytics bit. So that is what I feel is the advantages which I see between using the NoSQL for data performance across the organization, where you can split the needs of how the needs of the organization are, whether it is an analytics need can run on a separate set of clusters, but then you can architect your solution in a way there you have got data coming in from your IoT or from sensors. Moving it into a a highly efficient queue, which does append only writes, and then move it into the database layer, and then use analytics on that database layer in real time. Just wanted to add on top of that what we've seen quite a lot, um, what Jay's pointed out in the sense using NoSQL technology on top of Hadoop. What we're seeing with legacy systems is that the business wants to be able to move quite forward in regards to performance, etc., especially with IoT. But the biggest challenge that they're facing is these data structures come in different forms. And to be able to absorb that and process it in real time, and the thing is, what you're seeing in these legacy systems is multiple different silos. And what customers are doing, without having the luxury of a greenfield project, is they need a consolidated middleware. And what they're using is using a NoSQL, for example, like Couchbase, provide all that information to get that 360 view of that customer and be able to process that information instead of having to log and hop through different silos to get a response for a customer. So we're seeing a big drive through that, bringing that confidence level to be able to actually use NoSQL and then gradually moving off these legacy systems step by step. Jay, you were referring to some trends. One of the other trends is the hyperscale computing where we see that companies need to scale up, scale down, especially I think in this heavy dynamic and volatile times that that we're living in, in right now. So. How can NoSQL support this emerging database trends like this hyperscaling? And what is really required to reshaping their database architecture? What did you do at BT? For me, when I look at hyperscale computing, I would answer it as, if you look at NoSQL, the performance of NoSQL, some of the NoSQL technologies, which are key value stores, are driven by, they are quite memory hungry. Now, you can do an architecture where you can say, all my data resides in memory. And that gives you the best possible performance. But that also increases your total cost of ownership because you are putting a memory-hungry server. Mm -hmm. 
what I see, which again, I see in the NoSQL technologies, they are complementing it with use of solid state drives, SSDs, which actually gives you a better performance than the data not being on a solid state disk. But with the memory and the SSDs, you get better performance where data is still persisted in disk and you're not having a memory hungry application. What I would like to see in reshaping the database architecture is how can the NoSQL vendors still maintain that level of performance while they decrease the total cost of ownership, which is driving down the cost with the increase in performance on the disk, driving down the needs on having a server where we are putting a high amount of memory to it. That is what personally I would like. And that would help me when we have put our application there, we have ensured that all the data resides in memory for our browse, even though we had SSDs to achieve that performance, which meant we put some cost on the servers themselves. That is what for me personally, I would like to see is a compromise. When I say compromise, I look from a commercial angle, how do I decrease my cost of my server while I still keep the performance going up? Yeah, so I mean, James made a very valid point. The key thing for people adopting NoSQL is to have a consolidated infrastructure where you're able to analyze anything to do with data from key value to nickel, uh, which is an SQL-like language, to full-text search and analytics. The biggest challenge is that you do not want to buy multiple different softwares to be able to address this. So something that we're offering is to have this multi-dimensional scaling where you're able to add these different services. However, what Jay has pointed out that what the market is seeing is that you're getting these hyper performance, but also you would want to ensure that you decrease the actual hardware that you're using. So what we are coming up with is something called data density, where you're able to store terabytes per node which is something that the market's been asking for and something that will be actually addressed and provided. So not only do you have a consolidated infrastructure where you're able to actually manipulate and change and slice and dice the data that you have through these multi-dimensional scaling services, but also what you'll be seeing is the state density offering as well. Let's dive a little bit more in detail about the categorization. So if we do from the beginning what we discussed, companies, they are really driven by getting this 360 view, but what we see each time, there's new data sources added. So it, it's quite a challenge, which increases the need basically for both categorization and for scaling. Maybe Jay, your view is how data can be categorized in NoSQL, and if you compare it with SQL, and does this affect the scaling as well? It does. And it's sort of use case driven because there's no like you can say this is how it has to be. Now, every NoSQL technology you look at provides a ways by which you can categorize your data. So Couchbase has concept of buckets. There are collections and then more touched upon multidimensional scaling. So one is when you actually take your data, how do you group that data together? The other side of data categorization is what is operational data which is required by the customer immediately of the highest value and needs to be serviced to the customer quickly performance latency being a concern there but then you have that same data which can have a different purpose after a period of time when it has served the customer but you want to utilize that data for the analytics use case and that's again a different sort of grouping where you're using that same data a mixture of data from different sources which has an analytics view and then you want to use the analytics output to immediately inform 
for your operational data store as well so one is grouping of data within the operational data store itself again there is flexibility with regards to grouping which if i took couchbase example which is buckets and collections and then what we did was we actually categorized those buckets in a way that we made them like okay this is a catalog bucket and that is owned by the catalog team but then we also looked at what is operational data and what is analytics and can we group the data from those different collections or those different buckets into an analytics bucket which then allows us to do the analytics use case which then informs back into the operational data store as well and mo what's your view on this Jay's got a very, very important point in the sense this categorization. The, the biggest challenge that we've seen in industry is that data is king. To be able to actually access that data and process it in more or less real time is very, very essential for any business to actually survive in this current era where you're able to actually perform and execute with performance. So what we did way back is that we realized that we needed to provide these different services where you're able to actually categorize your data sets. So for example, as data comes in, you use the key value infrastructure and then you want to be able to query that. But then again, you want to actually do deep analysis in that information. You want to do machine learning on that. So what we also introduced is something called analytics where it gives you the second level of depth information where you're able to do lots of number crunching across that and then also we realize is that you've got this information but then you need some sort of an eventing engine on top of that so your data comes in you mutate it there is some sort of execution that happens and a trigger takes place we also provided this eventing where you're able to actually access that and, and process it so then but also is that this data categorization is what's key to all this is mobile so what couchbase also offers you is not only the services in the back-end systems where you're able to slice and dice this information in a consolidated infrastructure without having to actually use different scales or different vendors to be able to process a set of data but also what's key is that data is on the edge and you need to be able to actually bring that information to the back-end systems for deeper processing. So what we're offering is the mobile light, which is very unique and quite mature in the market, where now you have a consolidated system, not only the back-end systems, but also right at the edge where customers can actually interact with their systems, be able to do these queries, be able to work offline, which is a key capability that we're offering, and then also when you have network connectivity, bring that back to the backend systems. So it's quite key in these different isolations of data to be able to categorize it and process it. But to do that in the most effective way, you need a system where it provides you this consolidated infrastructure. And this is something that has worked very well and why the market has been able to actually adopt the NoSQL in particular stuff like Couchbase. And I would like to address one other topic as well, which is the people. In the end, yeah, the people have to work with it, the skill set, the, the resources. And I read a nice statement from, from Forbes where they said, education must keep pace with evolving technology and the investment and learning mindset must be central to their success. And I think in the end, yeah, it's the people and in the implementation part is, is really crucial. So Jay, what do you see with enterprises how do they need to focus on their skill set, on the resources when they start working with no SQL solutions? And how can they optimize then the results, such as omnichannel customer experiences, 360 view? For me, on the skill sets and the resources, obviously there are all these NoSQL technologies are open source. 
And if you ask three years back versus now, we see people coming more with exposure to NoSQL because of its open source nature and its community adoption. But the biggest thing for me is when you look between SQL and NoSQL is in the minds of people itself. And not just that it has to be right through the developer and the architect. There has to be a different mindset when you are building a solution from NoSQL to SQL. What you would not like to do is just take the SQL side of tables and everything and dump them as documents on NoSQL. I don't think that would serve the right purpose. So my experience is you have to realize what is the sweet spot of a NoSQL technology, leverage that well. That's how you get the best out of the NoSQL technology rather than saying, I have a document store. Yeah, NoSQL is a buzzword. I have to use it. So let me take the whole data of how you would have built a SQL and use ERD diagram or a first normal form and third normal form and try to build it into a NoSQL technology. So for me, we get people. Obviously, there are different NoSQL technologies. If you go into deep into them, there are some nuances, which are differences between those NoSQL technologies. But generically, because of the community adoption of NoSQL technologies, we find people available with those skill sets. But I find it is primarily the thinking which they have to adopt. And that is more important for me than just the skills of the NoSQL. See the same memo? So Jade's pointed a very valid point. I mean, from my experience, what you tend to see in the industry is people would turn to NoSQL, but what they'll use, they'll use the existing skill sets, which is the relational databases. Now, if you go back to how relational databases were developed, the key thing is to actually design your data based on certain principles of normalization. You get even the first, second, third, even the sixth normalization. But then what happens with that is you're now dictated by that technology and how you should operate your data, which really constrains your way of being able to actually bring better performance to the customer. In NoSQL, and that's where we spend quite a lot of time with customers educating them, is the ability to actually design your data. And what you need to do is to be able to actually say, how is that customer going to use this application? It completely transforms the way you're thinking upside down completely in the sense, in the past, I had to design my data based on the principles of normalization. That's now gone out the window. It's now, this is my application. What is the interaction with this application by the user? And that has to be the way you design it. That has to be the hottest path. What is the hottest path? And how is the customer using this? And that usually takes some time for developers and architects to absorb and appreciate. But once they've actually grasped that, not only does it make your life a lot easier from the perspective of performance, but also allows you to actually, if the business says, I want a different requirement, you're able to design it quite quickly. Okay, the business wants this. This is how the actual end user is going to interact with the system, design it that way. So the key thing with this, with any person that's moving from relational to NoSQL, is to understand the data modeling is a key factor for the success of being able to adopt that. Yeah, and I like this change in, in mindset. And you want to add something, Jay? Yeah, yeah, what I wanted to add is another bit is, which came to my mind as Mo was speaking was, so I was stressing on before that you lose something out of the SQL to get out of the relational to get the benefit of NoSQL. And what you lose out of the relational and you get that benefit on NoSQL, but that responsibility moves from the database to the application layer. And it is important 
that all these NoSQL technologies allow you to go to the level where you can implement ACID pretty much like a relational through your application layer, or you can have eventual consistency. And it is important for people working on this to understand which use case drives them towards that eventual consistency, what use case takes them towards having pretty much an ACID level transaction. And even that level of knowledge and understanding is required because you have to go on a use case by use case way and then use the technologies in a best way and employ them. What Jay's pointed out is very, very key because one of the biggest challenges that people were saying when they adopted NoSQL, well, you know, we need ACID operations. What that does, it gives you some sort of framework reinforces that if you start operation and end operation, you're getting those guarantees or it's able to roll back. In the past, people would use basically optimistic locking where it's a CAS operation. But what's happened now is that we've realized that developers, regardless of how much you provide them the actual educational sessions, etc., you really need to actually provide ACID operations. And what we've done as an organization is introduce full ACID compliance within our backend system. So now you're able not to actually use that flexibility of the actual NoSQL approaches, but now you're also enabled to actually reinforce it in the sense of true operation of transactions where you're able to roll back through asset operations. Yeah, and then if you need to transform your organization, the resources and the skills are, are key, but one other, let's say, challenge is, is all the legacy systems. It's one of the biggest challenges to manage your digital transformation, what most companies have. And Jay, how do you see this? Is, is no SQL just another system that you add to your legacy or has no SQL helped you in transforming your organization from these legacy systems as well? And how does it support to meet all these new customer demands that you have in these 360 views that you need to deliver? So yes, you have touched on an interesting point. So obviously we were running a when I said legacy, it was built like in no, we adopted NoSQL in about 2017. We had built a system from 2014 to 2017. So I would not call it as legacy, but yes, when we had data there and we had to move to NoSQL. So it's not so easy to say, okay, as part of the introduction of that NoSQL, we made a decision on what part of the data is moving into the NoSQL. And there was a migration path. And the way we built it was more touched upon like change data capture the, the term is change data capture but you have data changes which happen in your system and how do you take those data changes and keep both your estates in sync for a period of time before you flip over and make your NoSQL as your primary database so moving from legacy to NoSQL if your legacy is still being used and part of your operation and customers are using it just because we are moving from legacy to NoSQL, I can't tell my customer base that there will be an outage and we will move from, we will go into a new world, which will be rosy because we have to keep running what we are running today. We have to do that migration for the right future. And obviously it requires a careful planning of how you actually, without any outage, move your customer base from your legacy to the NoSQL system. I'm proud to say that we did it. The whole migration took one and a half month, but we ensured through the whole migration process that at any point of time, if we had to go back to our old legacy, we can go back to our old legacy and we can roll back for a period and then come back again. We didn't have to do it, but it requires a migration path of moving from your 
legacy to your NoSQL that has to be carefully thought out and planned. And if you are having data which you are moving out from your legacy to NoSQL and you want to keep them in sync, that has to be kept in sync. The other approach I see is you look at your system and say, what have I actually got in my legacy, which if I had a choice, I would have not put it into the legacy. So we just put it into a relational database because we wanted to store something. We wanted to persist it. So like session information, they are temporary data. And why would you actually put them into a relational database? So you look at your financial transactions, your customer data, that may sit in your relational but you start looking at what part of your data is non-critical, is more of session-based, which is required for performance, but you don't need to necessarily store it in relational. So that could be another strategy organizations adopt where they start moving some of that data into NoSQL and then see the benefits of NoSQL and start looking at whether they want the other part of the data to also move in there or not. That is very important for anyone who's listening to the podcast. In regards to actually moving to NoSQL, the biggest challenge is hesitance. We have a system that's working. It is very patchy. It's not very performance. But moving to NoSQL is something, a complete new dimension for them. So I remember working with Jay quite closely and looking at the initial systems, looking at how complex that was and trying to actually simplify it. What we did, the most important thing is to actually look, what is the low-hanging fruits? What can we actually do in a phased approach? Because as Jay said, you can't just do one big bang and actually there's an out, complete outage. So the best approach is to do a migration of phrase in a sense, low-hanging fruits, build the level of confidence within the organization. Once you've achieved that, the first milestone, then move on to the second and third. And what we've seen, especially in my time with Couchbase, is as you go through these phases, you will see an increase in the NoSQL footprint and a decrease in the legacy system. So for some for example, some organizations, they had, were depending on mainframes quite a lot, but the MIPS were costing quite a significant amount of cost when really that data could have been cached and be available. Now with the adoption of NoSQL, they've saved considerable amount of money regarding limits where 80% of the operations are in the NoSQL technology and only 20% are on the mainframe systems. With other vendors that I worked with, they went through this phrase where they're able to actually migrate from their relational database systems. Now they're 100% using NoSQL. So anyone who's going to actually adopt NoSQL, if it's not a greenfield project, then you need to have a phased approach where you take the low hanging fruits, build the level of confidence, and then gradually move off the, your legacy systems. So Jay, you moved this in one month and a half. What were the main experiences that your team had to do this in such a short period? The month and a half was in the production where we were running both these systems parallelly before we moved from the legacy to the NoSQL. The actual implementation took us about a year. So it was not one and a half month. What I meant one and a half month was just to be clear is one and a half month is they were running parallelly in production and where we had traffic going the legacy and some part of the traffic going to the NoSQL system. Then gradually we actually moved whole of our 1.6 million base of legacy onto the NoSQL platform. And then if you look to the experience within your team, what was key to this process from a month and a half and a year? So the key to that process, one was because we were having that data in both the places, so keep the data consistent. The state of the data has to be consistent in both the systems. And the reason being 
if we had any problem with our NoSQL, then we wanted to go back to legacy and we get more time to do the NoSQL. And whenever we ditch out the legacy, we have ensured that everything we had in the legacy is moved into the correct state back into the NoSQL. So for us, because we were dealing with customers have played content, customers have bought content. What you don't want is I move to NoSQL and I show to a user saying what you bought your EST content. I can't show you your EST content. That's like a bad customer experience. So we didn't want to do that. So it was very important that when we migrate entitlements, we have to ensure that all the entitlements have successfully landed. And we looked at what parts of the data where you can have inconsistency and what has to be accurate. And that was one of our big exercise where we had what we call as reports running and dashboards running where we would see as the data moves, is this data consistent between the legacy and the NoSQL? And if any change happens, has that been percolated through onto both the systems for that one and a half month? Mo, something to add from your side? Yes, yeah, so, so I can remember working with Jay with this. I mean, it was a year with a migration process in the sense the actual learning curves, etc. But what Jay did is to make sure that it was a very robust uh, infrastructure so that if anything went wrong, they were able to go back. Luckily, we worked quite closely to make sure he was 100% successful and they were able to do that. And I remember as a consequence of this, they were able to actually win many awards and I think their directors got promoted, etc. So sometimes it could be a shorter path, but when you're actually dealing with tier one clients like BT, you need to make sure it's 101% robust and we had to make sure there are things in place. So you could have done it in a shorter time, but it was just the actual hesitance using a new technology in building that confidence across. And I see this quite a lot, not just with BT, but all these enterprise tier one customers that I work with, is that there is a hesitance, and that's understandable, moving from one system that's been working for a number of years to something that is completely brand new. You need to actually make sure there are things in place to allow you to actually roll back. In my time working with most of these customers, there hasn't been a single client where they had to roll back because we put, we ensure there are enough procedures in place, enough testing methodologies, etc. Because the technology is very simple to adopt and very quick to actually put into production, but it's just the it's a, that human and psychological aspect that you need to actually focus more than actually the technology because the technology has been designed to deal with very robust, highly available systems. But it's that human concept, when I move to this new platform, is it going to be robust or not? And we actually build that confidence with the client do all the testing, et cetera, do all these mock, uh, basically, evaluations for them to actually ensure it is uh, ready. And as, as as Jay said, you know, it takes a year for some customers. It can take, I've worked with some customers that's taken three months, even less. But it just depends on the organization, how large they are, what processes within that as well. Yeah, I would like to add, Ronan, that just on the piece of human and psychological bit it is. So you have operations legacy but it is still running and serving that customers and the reason we are going for NoSQL is to meet the new customer demand so the new thing which is going to come as an architect i'm looking at what's the roadmap for the next three years and how can i meet that roadmap efficiently using the technology choices i have made but when you put that into the context of an operational guy who is running it he cares about keeping the service up and running 
and he has got that legacy system up and running for four years they understand it well when you introduce something new to an operational person his mindset is he is only worried about breaks and how can i get it up quickly new for them is a change and that's a different mindset for them and change means something new means you have to give them time for that new to get to the same stage where they get confidence and that is why that whole bedding period and the one year time was building confidence into the whole organization so that they embrace that technology and they become advocates of that technology as well they are not like even force upon them and say this is the right choice go and use it well i think we can keep on talking for for a few hours uh, interesting conversation but if we look to one last question you were talking about keeping up with all the requirements especially application development how has application development transformed through no sql for me we were running a tv organization and our iptv teams were predominantly we would outsource whole of our work to our startup partners and they would do the work for us whereas today we don't outsource that work bt has its own set of developers so the outsourcing work has gone minimal and we have created agile scrum teams who are actually owning that as more as a product it would not have happened without going on to the nose the nosequel technology was the trigger obviously i would not say that when we embrace the nosequel technology we were looking at this shape of the organization but because we embrace the nosequel technology it was easier for us to get to this shape of organization quickly on the iptv side because we had embraced nosequel and it gave flexibility for the development teams and we already created within nosequel when i was talking about data categorization and i was giving some constructs primarily in couchbase around buckets and collections we had already created those constructs which meant we just aligned those teams around those data categorizations so for me we have been able to create a team right now which is something which was not existing as a vision 3 years back because of embracing that nosequel we have been able to realize that vision right now where we have got a team running as agile scrum squads and they manage it nosequel has been i would say 40 to 50% embracing of that nosequel technology has helped in building that organization and once we have put it in tv we have now taken it and i'm now implementing it within a a network transformation project it has gone into as a fast access layer on hadoop so it was building confidence in operations and now if i today go and say guys i want to take this nosequel technology and put it somewhere else my operations team are pretty comfortable and they say fine mo some last remark on your side just to reinforce what jay said i've seen this quite a lot i mean i can write a book based on the, the experience that i've seen in the field the key thing is the human element and as jay said now with the nosql it's helped a lot of developers with this ci cd continuous integration continuous operation being able to actually spin up something very quick be able to go to market quite rapidly which is what the business is requiring and this is something that uh, we see quite a lot is just ensure that once you are actually embrace the nosequel technology uh, where you're offering this consolidated data platform from the analytics from key value all the way to the edges in the mobile you'll see quite quickly an organization transform from relational legacy system to using couchbase i mean we've seen tier 1 organizations very large organizations with over 60,000 employees 
they would actually adopt it. So it's more of a land and expand. And I've seen it so many times where customer adopts it quite a small amount of it. It likes it so much that it's spreading across the entire organization. A, it provides the requirements of the next gen architecture where it comes to IoTs, 5G requirements, and then also being able to actually deploy it in a simple format and be able to actually scale it out. And these are quite key requirements in, in the industry where agility, performance, and scalability are quite key. I'm looking forward to your bookmo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that, that brings us to the end of the podcast. I think a very inspiring conversation. As I said, we can talk for a few hours, I think. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Mo. Thank you for sharing all your thoughts, all your experience. I think two interesting views, lots of experience. And I think everybody from the listeners enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. And hopefully we can welcome you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the EM360 podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com. 